0: More than 200,000 followers of pop
1: music have jammed the Catskills mountain hamlet of Bethel for a rock music festival. Cars are being abandoned on highways leading to the resort area. Festival producers have called for all vehicles heading to that festival to turn back home. Howdy folks, this is Scott Parker and you're listening to episode number four of Keep the Dream Flowing, a Woodstock 1969 podcast for the end of July of 2019. In this episode, I'm going to be presenting part two of my conversation with the delightful Tisha Agri, assistant to Michael Lang at the 1969 Woodstock Music and Art Fair. We had a great time talking, and I really hope that comes across to you when you hear it. We're going to be talking about quite a few things, folks, including not only her role in Woodstock, but her views on politics and nutrition and all kinds of things like that, and I really hope you enjoy it. We're also going to be hearing from Spunday Morning, one of the bands playing at the Yasgar Road reunion this year, which will be happening in just a couple of weeks. But before we do any of that, let's get you hooked up with some news. Woodstock 50 has apparently moved to the Merryweather Post Pavilion, a 30,000 seat capacity venue in Maryland, for the 50th anniversary celebration of Woodstock. There are as yet no details on what artists will be playing, how tickets will be worked out, or any of that kind of stuff, but word has it that the event will be free to those lucky enough to actually get a ticket. Meanwhile, preparations for the Yasgar Road Reunion and the various events at Bethel Woods continue to move forward, and we hope to have some decent, concrete information about parking and transportation and all kinds of things like that in our very next episode.
2: About 5 p.m., Richie Havens started the long-awaited Woodstock Music and Art Fair. The scale of this whole event is enormous, almost unbelievable. On the grass of the huge natural amphitheater hillside, shaped like a half bowl but as big as 25 football fields, was sitting about 150,000 people. The stage on which Havens was singing from is an acre. That's right, I said it's one acre big. It was constructed out of giant wood beams and worked on all through the night, but at the last minute almost everything got pulled together. The sound quality is pretty solid for a large outdoor rock event. It has a lot of depth with not much echo or distortion. Immediately following Havens was the white-robed Swami Sachidananda as the announcer said, with a few words of peace. And that is the mood of this mammoth music fair, at least right here on the grounds. It might be crowded, packed, and jammed, but it's calm, gentle, and peaceful on the fairgrounds
1: and now it's time for the main event in this episode of keep the dream flowing this is the second half of my interview with tisha agri who i think you will agree with me after hearing it is simply a delightful 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 human being and it was a great joy to speak with her for this show so here now is part two of my interview with tisha agri Assistant to Michael Lang at the 1969 Woodstock Music and Art Fair, right here on "Keep the Dream Flowing," a Woodstock 1969 podcast.
3: One story I do want to tell you is my story yeah. of going out into the crowd. Yeah. At the beginning with Jim um, um, Richie Havens. Yeah. And he was coming on, so I started walking out and getting way deep and as deep as I'm in the middle as I could get. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing in the middle of the crowd, and by this time, it's the end of his set. And then he comes back on, and he starts singing Freedom, which he made up right then and there. Mm-hmm. And we were all standing up at this point, point.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: and the crowd was all whacked high on acid. Yeah. <laughs> and the contact high was just immense. And I'm standing there and we're all focused on one word, freedom. And I stood there and I I can't describe what I felt in that moment. It it's my Woodstock moment really. Yeah. Because I was one with the crowd, one with the word freedom, and there was this elation uh, that I yeah. can't even describe and energy was beyond the beyond.
5: Was that an example again of the universe providing in that moment, uh, providing Richie with the, uh, um, oh, yeah, appropriate sure. song, you know, yeah, not just it, that it came to his head, but just the fact that he made it up, you know?
3: Yeah. <laughs> and then he did it right then and there and created it and kept going with it. And, no, it, it was just... And everybody was feeding into it because everyone was free in that very moment
4: yep. and knew
3: it. We'd never been able to experience... And, and I'm beyond being in a crowd like that, which is kind of daunting in a moment, you know, to sure. be jammed in with that many people, you know, if you're at all claustrophobic, you could be... Yeah. And I kept thinking... Wow, I this is beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Yeah. It was unbelievable and phenomenally powerfully I mean, it was it seared into my consciousness and brain forever.
5: It just to try to imagine to be you know, being in that place at that time. I mean, that's that's the moment, right? I mean that's the yeah. moment where that's the acknowledgement that we yeah. didn't all come together.
3: Yeah, exactly.
5: And that, again, you know, he's the first one. And then on I the went pitch. back
3: and I told Michael, I said, Michael, we did it.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we did it. We accomplished exactly, if, if nothing else, that this last moment, that song, that crowd, that moment, I told him I'd been in the middle of it. I said, we really accomplished what we set out to do. There was nothing but oneness, peace, love, and music.
5: Yes. That's just, I mean, I couldn't even imagine, you know. I mean, it couldn't happen today, could it, in that No, way?
3: and then the, the army coming with their helicopter and throwing flowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like the the flower without the stem.
4: Yeah, yep.
3: Tons of them came down on the people. It was was a moment of, like, love for the people. (laughs) And then the people loving the army after they called them pigs all the
4: time. (laughs) (laughs) That was
3: the end of that horrible um, rift between the young people in the army, the political people in the army. It was the end of the rift between the generations. It was the end of the rift between farmers and hippies. It was the end of the rift between all kinds of people. Yeah. It was a moment of oneness and freedom.
5: It's stunning um, to think that, you know, really, you know, your your um, number one benefactor was probably the universe in that sense, you know, in the sense that it came together and it worked in a way that you could not have imagined previously.
3: Right, and a transition mm-hmm. into... Into the world, yeah. Because um, years later, I found out what what happened with the movie was very much like what happened with Woodstock. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were times when they were running for their lives, trying to get the film shown in in countries that didn't want it shown. Yeah, and they they did. They got to show it, and. It changed people all over the world. And I. that's the thing. I had a guy from India who saw the film and told me, came up to me and said, You were in Woodstock? And I said, Yeah. And he said, You changed my life.
4: Wow. I've had
3: people from, you know, a guy from um, Italian Switzerland say the same thing to me.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: He came and became an American because of it.
4: Oh, my from goodness. Switzerland
3: a country where, you know, your life is completely taken care of forever.
4: Sure. <laughs>
3: yeah. America. Why would you want to give that up? <laughs> Suffer.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: I mean, you know, people all over the world admired it. Mm-hmm. That's why when my dad said that thing about, oh, you've worked on that festival,
0: <laughs> I, uh, 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 I
3: I almost, I really had to really control myself not to laugh because I didn't want to disrespect him (laughs) You're to blame (laughs) And don't forget it We're never going to let you forget
6: it
7: Mother This is directed to my mother
6: (laughs) (laughs) But in all seriousness The parents of the past generation Have done a shitty job And the the kids know it I know it's running I know it's running (laughs) They will rue the day And that day is beginning
8: I'm
0: done.
5: It's so profound. <laughs> what did your parents say after you came back from there? Because, you know, uh, I'm curious. Were they, were they, you know, very conservative? Well, my mom
3: was all cool about it, you know. Yeah. She sent my 14-year-old brother up there because he knew that wow. I would be there.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and never
3: saw him once. And my, my uh, three years younger sister went up there, so mm-hmm. I was... 24, so she was 20, you know, and so there were a lot of us there, but my mom was always very open, you know, she was, she believed in reincarnation, and sure. um, she was just a, an open human being to anything. My dad was more class-oriented, Mm-hmm. and he always felt ashamed of me, evidently, for it. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah.
5: That was the that was the time of course.
3: But my dad was in the literal temple and I I was not. I was in the in the irrational world. Yeah.
5: <laughs> and you were always like that, weren't you?
3: Yeah, I was that way since I was born, so you know, it was always a little bit of a riff. Mm-hmm. He never really accepted me. And yeah. when he said that actually it set me free. Mm -hmm. Because I really felt, oh, my God, I guess I'm just in the third class of the Titanic, and he shut the gates on me.
5: Yeah, exactly. You know,
3: that doesn't make me a bad person.
5: No, not at all.
3: And I felt all my life like I was kind of a bad person because he didn't accept me that much. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I was set free of it. And I felt, oh, my God, I'm free of this, you know, always wanting to please my dad somehow and never being able to.
5: Yeah, sure. Yeah, we all we all go through that, you know, with, yeah. with our parents, but you know, you very few parents have children who have, you know, altered the course of history for a large number of people like you participated in. <laughs> yeah, and
3: th- when I saw Michael this last um month, yeah, I was going up the stairs cuz the camera crew wanted us to meet after they set up, so they held me back from going mm-hmm. in there. Then they came and got me, and I'm going up the stairs, and I felt an energy come into my body, and my heart, like, just, like, gold. It went gold.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And and I said, wow, I, I'm excited to see Michael. It was like an old battle buddy, you know?
4: Yeah, <laughs> I sure. couldn't
3: wait to see And I walked in there, and he saw me, and his face just lit up. And then he got up, and we had this gigantic hug. Mm
4: -hmm. And later,
3: the camera crew said, my God, it was palpable, the energy between you two.
4: Mm -hmm. And I
3: said, you know, we've never been lovers, or anything. He said, it's not that kind of energy. He said, no, it's soulmate. You guys are obvious soulmates. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
5: That's the vibe I get from looking at pictures of you guys. You know, there's the... A way that you look at each other in photographs that's really um, that goes beyond what you would normally see. Yeah,
3: it's and it's of the heart. Yeah, it's totally of the heart because that's what my when my heart like got it. it Literally, I just thought like it gigantic and gold when Mm -hmm. I uh, was going up those stairs. I thought, wow, this is odd. You
4: know? Yeah, it's sure.
5: It's the same
3: kind of feeling I had before Woodstock that made me get the job.
5: That's uh, the that, that's I went, amazing. Wow,
3: this is yeah. odd.
5: Yeah, and you were you were being um, interviewed by uh, was it
3: Dutch TV? Yeah, Dutch TV. I can't Dutch wait to TV. see that. I yeah, think, I I think my wait. interview was the worst of everyone's because it was in front of the Chelsea Hotel, and every five <laughs> seconds there was a gigantic you know sirens and. a a police car, an ambulance, or a fire engine going by, and they'd have to stop the interview. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'd have to resume. And we're just standing outside with all that noise. It was hard to concentrate.
5: Uh, Why'd they pick the Chelsea? Um,
3: Because there were a lot of groups that would stay there, and Michael was staying there, though I had forgotten that. I didn't mention it in the interview. (laughs)
0: But
4: I
3: came down here at one point, I forget... Who we were seeing, you know, I thought maybe it was Jimi Hendrix. I didn't know.
4: (laughs) Mm. Mike,
9: what's the worst part of running one of these things? The worst part? What's the worst part about running one?
6: I don't know. Huh? I don't know. Do you dig it
9: all?
0: I guess
6: the biggest hassle is dealing with politics, you know?
9: There are a lot of politics involved. You mean with the cities? Yeah. And you got that song? Well, it looks that way. It looks that way. <laughs> How long did it take you to put it together? Two, three months?
6: Working uh, on it for about nine months.
9: Nine months? Full time? Yeah. Are you in charge of the whole thing? Yeah. But you got backers in for... Partners and backers? Yeah. Where are you going to go from here? I <laughs> mean, you going to do another one? For works. Uh, about the numbers, tell me, about how many do you expect?
6: 200,000.
9: 200,000 people here over the three days. Right. What were you We have contracted for land
6: surrounding the area, setting up campgrounds, water facilities, toilets, electric,
9: what food. Is it, what does it cost to put one of these things together? A fortune. A fortune. Right. And I suppose the returns will also be
6: good. Yeah, we probably, I don't, I don't know what the returns will come up to up to what it's cost or not. Right?
9: Yeah, well, round figures. Right? Point it's is about. that it's
6: happening. Yeah. A couple of million dollars.
9: In cost. And in other words, you have to make two million dollars to break even?
6: Well, if we are going to break even, you know, point is that it's happened and it's working,
9: you know? Yeah.
6: That's enough for now.
9: What is it that the musicians got? Are you a musician yourself? No. What is it the musicians have that they can communicate so well to the kids? Music. I mean, they've always had music, there's always music. music. has
6: always been a major form of communication, only I mean, now the lyric and the type of music is a little bit more involved in, in, in society than it was.
9: I need something now, let me tell you, to kind of run as a voiceover when I'm showing this music on, and if, if you could, if you could tell me that I can run your voice over while this music's playing, what that music is saying, kind of, you know, what that's about.
6: It's about what's happening now, I and mean, if you listen to the lyric and you listen to the, to the, to the rhythm and, and, and what's in the music, then you'll know what's what's going on with the culture. i got to split on okay. that. Kind
9: of Great, really, thank you. I'd like to... Mike hangs out on, on here. I'd like to shoot a little bit of him, just natural sound, right? He's getting harassed and bugged, okay? okay. Kind of like... Uh, God damn it, I was going to call you last week.
5: What do you remember? Because I know that you were working all the time. So pretty much. And first of all, how did you sleep and where?
3: Well, I mean, I slept. There's a picture of me with my head on the desk. Yeah. And I I slept there once. I I slept on the floor somewhere in a corner once. (laughs) I slept. And, you know, this is for a period, a couple of hours, two or three hours. I didn't sleep that much. And I yeah. it, a lot of it is a blur to me. Mm-hmm. There are a few moments, like I saw Jimi Hendrix um, doing the Star Spangled Banner or whatever that, yeah, that he did. And I was blown away by that. And all the garbage, I was looking out at all the garbage that was there and and. It was just, it was so real and so beautiful. And
4: mm-hmm.
3: I was, like, really impressed by that moment. That seared in my brain. Mm-hmm. I and the family stone, I was right there where the camera people were. Yeah. In front watching. That kind of, I remember that. That was kind of in his, how he played and he was so stoned, too, yeah. they had to you know I think they put someone else in front of him because he couldn't even function and then wow. um i I saw a few things, but most of it is a blur to me,
4: mhm,
3: and I'm so overtired, yeah, and when we went and came back to Manhattan yeah. afterward yeah. I, I i could I could hardly. I was like, I don't know, the energy that went through my being, it depleted me so much that I could hardly function for days afterwards. I was like, and emotionally too, I was like coming off of some gigantic trip. (laughs) You know how you are the next day, just like blown away.
5: Yeah, ragged and you know, finding process.
3: And, and I, it took me a while to be normal again, you know, just because I think it was just so huge, It was bigger than any of us could really deal with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when
5: when it was over, it was over for you, or you still had responsibilities?
3: Well, I I I was maybe three or four weeks or whatever. I had things that I did for Michael. I remember painting the offices at one huh. point um i i don't know i I just did whatever,
4: yeah, um
3: and then it you know faded away i went I moved up to Woodstock uh-huh. and then I got a house there on Jones Quarry Road and started renovating that house and I didn't know what to do i I became a a a road manager for a couple of bands at one point. I, I worked on other festivals. Really? Um, I worked on Atlanta Pop Festival and a yeah. one in Puerto Rico. I worked on I think the Isle of Wight I had I went I, I remember being there when Hendrix played his last gig.
4: Yeah.
5: Wow, um, I didn't know it was any
3: horrible.
4: Yeah. <laughs> he was
3: totally he was gone and he knew it. Yeah, and he was very devastated, and he he came past me and he looked at me and he just said, "That was awful." Really? I knew it. Yeah. I I met him three times.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: I gave him a smoothie once at <laughs> the Atlanta Pop Festival, and I was talk. I knew he was being drugged a lot by his manager because I went to a dinner at his manager's house,
4: uh-huh. and.
3: The manager said, come on with me. And he took him in the bathroom, and then he came out whacked. Wow. Really, you know, junked up. And uh, I just thought, oh, man, these people are controlling him. Mm -hmm. And I I really disliked his manager after that, Alan Douglas. Oh, Alan Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was. Yeah. And I just, after that, I couldn't stand Alan Douglas. I was mad at him.
4: Mm
5: -hmm. And
3: then. You know, Jimmy was so sweet and so gentle and, and then he was just taken over, you know, just own at for a while. And then, you know, after that moment and then a few days later or whenever it was, he was gone.
5: Mm-hmm. And, and um, you weren't surprised. I,
3: well, no, not at all. Yeah. And I had told him, I said, Jimmy, you know, when I gave him the smoothie in the Atlanta Pop Festival, I said, you got to treat your body like the temple it is. That's what I mm. told him. Yeah. I was hoping he'd, uh, he'd take the message, but he didn't.
5: Did he? I mean, he was appreciative, of course.
3: He said, yeah, you're right, like that. But yeah. that's why I gave him the smoothie. He said, what are you doing? I'm making a smoothie. You want some? Yeah. Okay. And then I said, we could, you know, you can't just trash your body. you got to treat it like... Like the temple it is. Yeah. And I gave him this smoothie with all the good stuff and nutrients and whatever in there.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: and I I was hoping he would kind of not go in that road, but he was on it.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of girlfriends that we love to try to sing about sometimes. We're gonna sing about this one over there in the a section over there, the one with the yellow underpants on. Yeah, yeah, you. I remember you last night, there, eh, baby. <laughs> I seen the dirty old man lick your bicycle seat when he was going on the street there. Oh, nasty, nasty.
8: Foxy. As you know you're a sweet little love, nigga I want to take you home oh, I won't do you no harm no. You're glad to be on my oh.
2: Woo, Foxy
0: L.A. <laughs>
10: in
3: low self-esteem
4: mm-hmm.
3: um i saw that because i i went with stan to one of her sessions at mm-hmm. Fort woodstock yeah and um i was in there and she after she sang she came out and said well, was that all right or oh, you know but she was so i went oh my god she doesn't know who she is you
5: know? yeah no confidence
3: no confidence and I felt bad for her and then I realized when she was drinking that that's why she was drinking. Mhm. gave you know, her knew, some
5: armor, basically. It gave
3: her armor against all the pain of her not knowing herself.
4: Yeah.
5: It's amazing, you know, that that um you know, you can have everything and have nothing, you know, at the same time. It always Oh yeah.
3: Me. Well, I knew that myself because my family had money. Yeah. And I had low self-esteem in those days,
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> and uh, and I would go, you know, it doesn't matter. You could be sitting next to the Queen of England and feel like an idiot. Yeah. And then I spent my whole life trying to realize who I was. Well, I finally did. You know, I I finally know myself, and I'm I'm totally cool with myself.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I don't have any of those horrible inhibitions or weirdnesses. Yeah. And I'm free, you know, but it took quite a long time to yeah, get good there. to get there. And a lot of work, you know. Sure. A lot of experience, a lot of hard knocks, you know, things that would happen. Like my husband dying of AIDS. That was hard. Ten years of that. Your husband
5: died of AIDS? I didn't know. Yeah,
3: that. he did.
5: Well, how long and ago was
3: that? He died in 1990. Yeah. And... You know, I'd just gotten married. I was pregnant.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And find out that he has this awful disease and mm-hmm. that he'd had really for maybe two years but didn't realize it. Yeah. And uh, then telling us that he would die within the year. and Really? Uh, he took 10 years to die. But, um, you know, I had to deal with that. He didn't want anyone to know because it was considered a gay disease. And, yep. you know, people treat us badly. He was afraid the kids would be hurt. I I had one. I had sex with him once and conceived my son Adam. That's why he's the warrior he is.
4: Yeah. I said to
3: myself, are you willing to die for this relationship? And I said yes, which was stupid, but I said
4: it. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so
3: I conceived Adam in that moment of power and courage. And Adam has immense courage.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, that blows me away to know that. I mean, it's just...
3: Yeah, well, it was hard. I'm telling you, it was hard. I couldn't tell my family. He didn't want my family to know. Couldn't yes. tell his family. And, you know, when he died, his sister was screaming at me because he had to have a closed casket because he had AIDS. Yeah. And she said, our family never, they were Italians, never has a closed casket. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what am I protecting him for? He's dead. Yeah, I'm, I finally said to her, Teresa, he has AIDS. They won't uh-huh. open the. It's not me. He, uh-huh. Anyway, he wouldn't want anyone to see him. Yeah. She. There was this long silence. And she said, "Oh."
4: <laughs> yeah. I get, Well,
5: what do you and do I with said, that information? You know, in and and I said,
3: "Don't tell his parents. I don't want. He didn't want them to be hurt or feel uh-huh. bad or whatever." She said, "Boy, you're a strong woman."
4: Well, yes, I you became are. I came
3: strong because of the things that I had to deal with, mm-hmm. Woodstock, and um, my husband and two kids raising them up. That makes you strong.
5: Yeah, that, that, all the
3: experiences that you have.
5: Yeah, it's the the. It's I couldn't even imagine. I don't. I think very few people would do what you did. In that moment, would show that kind of strength. I honestly think that.
3: You know what I kept thinking my whole time married to him? Because mm. couldn't have sex with him. It made a hard relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't go out. I didn't have sex with anybody else because I was afraid if I did, I'd leave him, you know? And I kept yeah, thinking right. of my oath. Do you take this man in sickness and in health until death do you part? Mm-hmm. I do. Yep. And I said, you've made an oath and you better not break it. <laughs>
4: Absolutely. <laughs>
5: because
3: your word is your power. Mm-hmm. That's what I kept saying to myself.
5: <laughs> wow. That is that is amazing. Wow. Talk about character. <laughs>
3: yeah. That's why I hate. I, I, I really, I'm not going to say hate, but I really am very upset with Trump because he yeah. has no character. He has no ethics and I had a date with him when I was, like, a, a blind date with him. And he said to me. Really? Um, yeah, in New York. If, um, I was about 21, and he was just before Woodstock, and he was probably 18,
4: 19. Wow.
3: And my friend said, hey, there's this guy. He wants to, you know, go out, and do, will you do a blind date? And I said, sure. So I went, I went out. And he was so horrible then. He said, I, "I'm going to be rich, and I want to be richer than my dad. Mm-hmm. I don't care how I do it." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, that's unethical." And yeah. He turned to me and said, "Ethics is for stupid people."
4: Wow.
3: And I said, "Well, you and I are not in the same planet."
5: No. <laughs> so that that's was the end sure. of that. <laughs> talk about a yeah that yeah talk about something that was never
3: going to be a match.
5: <laughs> yeah,
3: it wasn't a match.
5: My goodness. Because uh,
3: I feel that ethics is the whole thing. mm -hmm. That's about karma. If you don't have ethics, boy, oh, boy, is your karma going to come down on you, whether it's this lifetime or the next or another one after that.
5: uh, I believe it has to happen with Trump sooner or later, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it has to, and it has to be in a very profound way, hopefully in this life. Yeah, well,
3: it's a grace if it's in the same life, because at least you know why it happened.
5: <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that's true.
3: And, you know, public humiliation on a spiritual level is a pretty mm-hmm. high deal. Yes. Yeah. It, it, um, public humiliation is pretty hard to bear. So yes, it is. It, it's really the best karma you can have when, you, when you're an idiot and... And uh, unethical, and going publicly in front of everybody and going to jail or being had up for it, that really takes care of that comma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
10: None of everything that I ever had to give I oh, you know I did But each time I tell my that I think I've had enough of it. Oh, well, you are uh, on the streets, you're looking good On the deep down inside, I know you know it ain't never been right Never, 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 never hear me cry right now
5: Talking about, you know, sex and sexuality, all that stuff. And you were uh, remember last time we were talking about um, the skinny dipping that was going on there and the nudity in at Woodside.
3: Right. It, it was not it that wasn't skinny sexual. dipping was and nudity was not sexual. It was getting clean, and that's
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know maybe there one or two people would would uh, be boyfriend and girlfriend and, and do it in the water or whatever. But yeah. that had nothing. It was so nonchalant. It was not uh, a big deal like um, Ang Lee made in his film.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask know, I that, just yeah. kept
3: thinking, his film is all sexual. It wasn't like that in those days. It was very nonchalant. And yeah, people had a lot of sex partners then because they didn't have AIDS to be scared of or sure, you know. And they were all trying things out. They were young and free and you know, but it was not the same. It wasn't like weird. It was very natural.
5: Yeah. And you went you went in the water, didn't you?
3: Yeah, I think I was one of the first because I was so I wanted to get clean.
4: Yeah,
5: I took a bar of soap
3: in there.
4: <laughs> Did
3: you take and a bar of soap? it felt really in? great after I came out. I went, oh, thank you. You know, I didn't want to be a stinky person. No. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh,
9: man, that's great. <laughs>
5: yeah, you do. Yeah, it is portrayed in a very sexual kind of way in his movie, isn't
3: it? That was one problem. And I felt, well, that's because he's Japanese and he wasn't even born and he didn't know what it was like.
4: Mm
5: -hmm. And
3: the other thing is he didn't interview any of us except Michael. And I thought everybody's character was so much less than the real person. Yeah. That if they had met the real person, they would have done a better job. Except for maybe me, she did a very good job with me.
5: Yeah. Did you ever get to meet that actress? Never. Never, really? (laughs) Never. (laughs) And they didn't didn't even ask if they could portray you or anything, right? They used your name and everything. Yep. Wow.
3: One of my relatives found a shirt with me and Michael on the shirt. Yeah. That pose on the motorcycle.
5: Yep. Amazing. And
3: um they said to me, "Oh, you're on a shirt that's being sold at Nordstrom." So I called Nordstrom up. To- I said, "Hey, you never even asked me permission to use my my photograph and and you, I, there's a shirt there. And they. I said, at least you could do is send me a couple of shirts. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> they sent me a
3: shirt, and it was size extra small. So I gave it to my little, young daughter at the time.
5: <laughs> wow. <laughs> you could fit into that, couldn't you?
3: No. I, I wear a size large. <laughs> <laughs> and at Woodstock, when I was real skinny, I wore a medium.
5: Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man, that's just that's just great. Yeah, I I thought that he sort of, you know, everybody in that movie became sort of one dimensional. You know.
3: Yep, that's what it was. One dimensional, and he could have had a three dimensional film had he talked to us. Hmm. I mean, all he had to do was invite me. I would have driven up there on my own, and talked to them.
4: Yeah.
3: I would have given them, I would have told him a lot of things that might have made us feel much better, but it's okay.
5: I mean, they, they, they kind did. of, uh, they rushed that movie, though, didn't they?
3: Yeah, I, mean, I think they were looking to make some money for that one.
5: Yeah, it was just a very quick. And you would think after Brokeback Mountain, you know, like, you know, a little bit more time would have gone into that, but but no, not in this case.
3: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> no, he did a movie. great job with Brokeback Mountain.
5: Yes, he did, and it was that's why. Fabulous,
3: had, and he broke down a lot of barriers with it.
5: He did, yeah. let talk about a cultural moment. Yeah, you know that's a big that's a big cultural moment also, and yeah. Uh, I you know I I think it's not a bad movie. I watch it every year, but um, yeah, it's, you know the 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 historian in me goes, that didn't happen, and that didn't happen, and that didn't happen. And, that didn't happen, and, that didn't happen. So very little in the movie happened
0: <laughs>
3: yeah i never I never had a bag of money. Joyce did, but that's okay. They just put her she had to get a bag of money and give it to the who I think, after that scene with Michael yeah me but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna
5: i was gonna ask and you she opened of... John.
3: Yeah. i think John Roberts bank in the middle of the night they did get that back of money.
5: They had to send a helicopter, didn't they? Yeah, there was, yeah. they weren't getting through on the road.
9: <laughs>
5: Somebody's selling them?
9: Yeah, well, like, you gotta live. So, I
6: mean, sometimes you gotta have money. How come the Stones aren't here, you know, and the Beatles and stuff? Like, it's incomplete. This isn't real, you know? It's not real. Yeah, we really need those people. There, you know? Not enough money, the man see. he says that They you don't need bread,
9: bread, man. They got all kinds of bread. They should fly
6: over here, you know, and make the scene with us. John it's really bad. the country.
9: it. Right. <gasps> You don't have
6: Jagger know, and Richard have lost, all four of them have lost their visas. For a right, bitches. It's exempt
7: from law, this place, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, but they've got to get into this place first, which means first got to
6: well, cross the a
8: national border. The helicopter men from Kilba. <laughs> they get shot down on the way. No, you, you think this is a disaster area? Oh, no, I think this is great. I heard rumors, <laughs> I heard rumors it was declared a disaster area, officially, whatever that means. Why do you because I am happy. It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> the best thing that happened to me again. It's is the, the <laughs>
8: party the world has ever seen. That's all you can describe it as. All these shoes.
7: The biggest party <laughs> in the world. Do you think this is a disaster?
8: Oh, no. It's oh, like no. It's like, no, oh, no, no. it's like taking a 20th of New York City, dropping it down in a hick town, throwing $3 million worth of drugs in, and saying, here, have yourself a bowl, we'll pick you up in three days. No, no. no. because
2: then this would she no longer be it. great. If everyone has it, it takes all the excitement. out too good,
0: it's too out
2: good. Out it's good. No. Oh, that's oh, like saying too
8: peace too wouldn't be great. great. You can't walk around in mud and filth and dirt all your life. It's, it's great for a week, man, it's, it's not what's beautiful. Well, that's the way it well, is. can't. You can't walk around with mud up to so, your knees and in smaller, why? because
2: you just can't live because that way. You get crotch rot. Yeah. Yeah. I want crotch rot. I'm getting, getting crotch, crotch rot now.
8: It would great. It's, bullshit. it's only Where great because it's not a way of buying rice patties. Yeah. Have you had your oats yet? No, is time? this yeah, something for
7: the CIA or something? Okay. What are is, it is it you doing? Do you belong to the CIA? No.
8: As a matter
2: of fact, you
6: belong to you the CIA. You're all busted.
2: Wow. <laughs> 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 We're having babies, and you have a movie theater, and you have places to eat. People
0: flick. Freak, and you have out. freaks.
2: I mean, it's like a little city. This is the real world, baby. Yeah. <laughs> this is
8: it. <laughs> <laughs> what time are you showing
6: this? Uh,
8: as soon as we I'm finish off. it, we have video communications up at... Um,
6: Man, we'll, been really sitting. we'll all walk back to New York and take about three or four days, you know? It'll Leave be a beautiful cause, thing, you cause, know? Yeah. So for
2: what purpose? Because oh, we will man, get there fast, fast, fast. fast. It's a beautiful thing, man. <laughs>
6: because, because the traffic is uptight because
8: of the hippie fest. We'll get there hey, faster walking than they will by car.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Do you remember leaving Woodstock, like how you got out of there?
3: No. I don't remember. I just remember being back in New York and being kind of weird.
5: Burned out? Yeah.
3: (laughs) Burned out. And like, almost like I'd been through a a war. And I was just like, I just lay like a slug on the couch. And didn't have any energy for anything, even hardly eating. I was like, and I kept saying, wow, what's, what's going on here? I was just... (laughs) Bent.
5: <laughs> I could imagine. I don't know how you did it. I really. Well, don't. you
3: know, you're holding the space mm-hmm. for something that big takes a massive amount of energy. Mm-hmm. And it does awareness, and you know, at one point I told Michael I quit.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> when was that. Do you remember?
3: It was. I don't know. Probably the third. Second or third day, I said, Michael, I quit, and he said, Okay. (laughs) I didn't quit any of the things I was doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) I just
3: quit getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) That was the end of that for working. (laughs) Did
5: did they did they stop paying you after that?
3: (laughs) Yes, because I quit. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I I still do all the little jobs and things.
5: You were supposed to do. I was a
3: volunteer after that.
4: Sure. <laughs>
3: and uh, he said, yeah. oh, everybody freaked out at some point during the show. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically
3: what I was saying is I quit being by the phone because every call that came was, oh, you're in a disaster area. And I'd say, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. We're not disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what we want.
4: We're oh having a
3: great time. We're all being happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no fighting. There's no no nasty business. We're all okay.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's fine, you know.
3: We're all enjoying <laughs> the music. We're having a good time. That's mm-hmm. what I'd say. And over and over again, these idiot people <laughs> would be calling me from... New York City or wherever. Oh, you're in a disaster area. Or, hey, can I speak to to Pete? Pete, who? Yeah. <laughs> Where is He's he? In the I realm. don't know. <laughs> there are a lot of people here. It would be kind of hard to find him. I could. Do you want me to put a message on the, on the stage? Do you yeah. want me to announce something? <laughs> Are you okay, or are you having a crisis at home? (laughs) (laughs) I want to know if he's okay. Oh, Pete's okay. There isn't anybody here that isn't okay, I'd say.
5: (laughs) (laughs) One way or the other, Pete's fine.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So finally, I just went to Michael and said, I quit. (laughs)
5: Yeah, I can imagine, you know, with the with the lack of sleep and everything and then having to deal with these, you know, <laughs> insane people and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So do you how do you see um anybody from the old team? I mean, you just saw Michael recently.
3: Yeah, I saw Michael um the first time on the 45th anniversary A- around there um out at the um, Academy of motion pictures
4: and Mm -hmm. they did
3: a a screening and a, and a two day panel. Yeah. And I was on the steps of the Academy when he drove up and got out of his, the car and I saw him and I went, Michael and he came up to me and he grabbed my hand
4: and Mm -hmm. held
3: it like very warm and tight. And he, we went inside, and he kept holding it for like ten minutes. Wow and I was like, "Wow, you know, yeah, and we went around and said hi to people and stuff like that and uh then we had to go and be on the panel, and they had all the guys on the panel, but they didn't have any women and Somebody yelled from the audience, "Where are the women?" <laughs> So then they called my name and Joyce's name, and we all went up on the stage, and they got some more chairs for us, like, okay, they can come, too.
5: (laughs) Uh, That's great.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Who am I but you and the sun? A slight reflection of everyone Was it me who let you walk away? Were you the one or is it we're the same? What are we in time going by? Going by the simple story of a younger life. Have been dreams And somehow through the day Were you the one Or is it we're the same
3: That's <laughs> thanks to Stan. Stan mm-hmm. hired everyone, and he told me later, he said, I only had one interview for each mm-hmm. job, and I every one of those people got the job. Yeah. Except for the security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the second that was guy that got the job.
5: Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's amazing. What do you think... Um, you know... I mean, do you think that we've gone backwards in terms of the culture and the society um, from 50 years ago? I mean, because oh, we talked about progressive society and the way you well, can't... Well, first of process. all,
3: they dumbed down the education. Yes. Now, my, my father... Died at eighty nine in two thousand and two, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he had he could he could add four columns at once, like with his fingers going down all four columns all the way down and get you the answer. Yeah, I would have to go one column at a time and carry the whatever. Yeah, sure. So it took me four times the amount of time it took my dad to add that column up. Wow. My dad could recite every single Shakespeare play by heart. He had to memorize really? one a year. Wow. My dad's education was much better than mine. Mm-hmm. My education I had to do five book reports every summer. Yep. And I had to read Shakespeare.
4: Mhm. My
3: daughter only read one Shakespeare play in all of her school years. Really? She, um, I just kept thinking, my God, they're dumbing the education. She didn't have to do one book report in the summer. I thought, That's
5: amazing to me. Even way. I had to do book reports in the summer by the time yeah. I came back to I term, thought, what yeah. are they
3: doing to these children?
4: Yeah. They
3: hey. dumbed us down over a hundred year period. Mm-hmm. So uneducated people vote for uneducated government. Yes, <laughs> that's,
5: that's a good point. <laughs> and
3: I really feel that education is real important.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah, because you know, I I look at, you know, Trumpism as a failure to educate. <laughs> oh my god, yes. I mean, you know, at its at its core, I mean, he did say we we love the poorly educated, right? I mean, he knew what he that's was right. saying. That's right. Yeah.
3: Exactly.
5: He knew exactly what he was saying.
3: Yeah. And <laughs> He's he's a very cunning human being.
5: He is. I mean, not always the brightest bulb, but you know he's bright enough to.
3: Oh, he's very bright. He's what he is is he's very street wise. Yeah. Media wise, and very bright as a con artist, but he's oh, a con yeah. artist, and a con artist does everything for himself. Mm-hmm. He's not a manifester. Manifestor does everything for the greater good.
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: So, you know, compared to, say, Obama was more of a manifester.
4: Yes, that's absolutely true.
3: Trump is a con artist, and that's the difference. Yeah. And And uneducated people put in an uneducated government.
5: That is exactly right. And it's just, it's sad to see, you know, where we've come in 50 years, you know. I mean, it's... um, it would have been on un- well i don't know i mean maybe with nixon you could have imagined something but nixon would never have done what trump did i don't think as as wicked as he could be
3: because he was a bit of a con artist himself yeah i mean he did a lot of great things nixon and china opening up china and all oh, of that oh sure but he was um he was also for himself mhm <laughs> oh you yeah know, very the much ego so. will take you over a cliff every time.
4: Mhm.
3: And if you're not dealing in your spiritual, high spiritual place, um and I'm not talking about religion. Yeah. You're ethical and you know, the right way, the, the way of the warrior, the right way. <laughs> sure. Uh, spiritual warrior that is. Um, if you're not dealing from there, you're doomed. Yeah. Because the ego will take you over the cliff every time.
5: It will. Well, pride goes before the fall, right? So eventually (laughs) you have to fall.
3: You know, the thing about Woodstock, that that loving, sharing, caring, taking care of others,
4: Mm -hmm. doing
3: what was the best for all concerned. Yeah. That was throughout the whole state of New York at that point. It's incredible. Happening, yeah. That happening. That's why. I mean, that's the greatness of Woodstock. With everybody doing that, showing, showing the world that blueprint.
4: Yeah.
3: And, uh, we sorely need it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
4: that's
3: very true.
4: <laughs> I mean, you know,
3: we we poisoned the earth. We kept poisoning it for for greed since then cuz in the 70s we talked about that a lot. Yeah. That we need to respect the earth. We need to take care of the people and the plants and the animals and the air and the water. Well, they didn't. And now we are about to lose the whole planet because of Yeah. Our, because of our greed and stupidity. You know, humanity is probably the only people, the only species that self-poisons and goes, oh, well. Yeah, exactly.
5: (laughs) We're the farthest away from nature, right? So, um, you know, we're we're more interested in ourselves and ultimately our own self-destruction, whether or not we realize it. Yeah,
3: I think that a president, there should be some prerequisites. And one of them is, that you grew up in the country. Mm-hmm. Because Trump yeah. grew up in Queens. Yeah. A lot of buildings and asphalt, concrete, but not a lot of trees.
5: Nope.
3: And he has no regard for the earth.
5: Nope, Or none any whatsoever. of his creatures. Yeah. Unless he can put his name on it. Plant some Trump trees today or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll, it'll, you know, it could happen if somebody, you know, pushed it on him, you know, it could happen.
3: <laughs> I doubt it. See, <laughs> it's really the antique, that destroyer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Hi, I'm not going to give my name. My
0: mother'd have a fan.
9: What were you on? Speed. You're happy now?
8: Am I happy now? I feel a lot better. I'm a lot sure of my position.
9: What happens when you're on that trip?
0: <laughs> i don't know lots of things
9: how much has the narcotics role
2: played in this it's uh, there was a rash of some what they call freakouts yesterday from what considered a bad acid. but uh after warnings this is this this problem has uh, has been eliminated uh today at least we've had very few freak outs today
9: when did you get here Drove? When did you get here?
3: Um, not today, the other day.
9: Where are you from? Detroit. Does this stuff sort of turn you on, this type of festival?
0: It's, it's just a different experience, really interesting.
4: Do you
8: like it?
9: Well, it's not bad so far. How long have you been here? About four hours.
8: Four hours, you're pretty clean.
4: <laughs> you
8: staying in a motel?
9: I don't know where I'll stay
4: tonight.
8: Where are you from? WNEW. What's that?
9: That's a radio station in New W-N-E-N-E-N-E-W. York City. WNEW what? W. And
1: now it's music time here again on Keep the Dream Flowing, a Woodstock 1969 podcast, and we have a real treat for you. A song by the band Spunday Morning, who is going to be playing at the Yazgar Road Reunion in just a couple of weeks, and you'll want to watch out for them. This is a song that is very relevant to our current political situation. This is Spunday Morning with I Thought We'd Know, right here on Keep the Dream Flowing, a Woodstock 1969 podcast. And that's our show, Keep the Dream Flowing, was produced and edited by yours truly, Scott Parker. This podcast is not affiliated with Woodstock Ventures. Woodstock and its attendant logos are the property of Woodstock Ventures. On behalf of all of us who work on Keep the Dream Flowing, this is Scott Parker saying thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.
3: happens slowly, and you know what feeds it is sugar, so if you don't eat yep. sugar, or mm-hmm. sweet, or fruit, or or alcohol, I mean, I'm sorry, it's a pretty hard diet, but if you don't eat those things, you don't get cancer.
5: Yeah, huh, That's, so it's like an accelerant. For yeah,
3: because yeah. it, it doesn't feed it, so the cancer you get will be taken care of or grow so slowly that you could die before it takes you over
4: sure
5: well you know that's uh the problem is of course in america almost nobody would be able to stay away from (laughs) from well
3: i'm doing it not that i have cancer but i just i'm just doing it because i i want to be healthy while i'm alive i don't want to be a decrepit old person
4: yeah. And I was beginning
3: to feel like tired and uh, I said, What mm-hmm. this?
4: <laughs> gonna, well yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah, like <right>. being old. <laughs> you
3: yeah, know, I wanna you, do things. I'm gonna get up and go like my mom was.
5: Well you built your um the, my studio. Uh, the, the yeah, the studio over the garage, right? So yep. you did that all your pretty much all yourself. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's really – that. see, my mother just told me the other day that she has to have a stent put in her heart. And she's 82. i starting to – she had knee surgery. Now she's got to have the stent. She had her carotid okay, artery. Okay, here's the deal. Hmm.
3: What she's got going is definitely heavy metal poisoning. Yeah? And she needs to just go get a pee test. It's like a six-hour, eight-hour pee test. Okay. To test your heavy metal. So you, they give you four pills, that which are really nothing. You don't notice them. Yeah. And what it does is make that heavy metal go out in your pee. So you yeah. know which ones and how much you have. Interesting. And then they send it, it, you send it right away in that day to the lab by FedEx overnight. And then the lab tests it and sends back to you, or the doctor, the mm-hmm. doctor. Uh, the readout, and it's like a little bit, a middling amount, or over the top. And I yes. had over-the-top lead when I got tested, which gives you heart disease. It gives you all these diabetes. It gives you all these other diseases. So I want to get the lead out. So the only there's only a few states that do chelation therapy,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and it's done by naturopaths. And Okay. So you find out which state that is and you go there for four months. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. just relax and go twice a week or three times or four times a week to get a chelation and then a nutrient IV and then a chelation IV and then a nutrient IV. Mm
4: -hmm.
5: And
3: if you can do that, you get it taken like the doctor told me I should get 30 of them. Really, but my friend did it, and she said she had heart trouble. That's why she did it.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: she's like 78 now, and and looks like she's 50. The she went and had her arteries tested recently, mm-hmm. and the doctor, the, the not the doctor, but the guy who did the test said to her, "You've had chelation. Your your arteries are younger than you are." By 20 years.
5: Wow.
3: Because That's it cleans amazing. your arteries out. Sure. So I recommend everybody get heavy metal testing. If you eat fish, you've got mercury. Mm-hmm. And if you lived, at, you know, if you're in your 70s, you've definitely got lead poisoning because you mm-hmm. pumped lead gas and you lived in houses with lead paint. And,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, and if you live in California, you have it because of the fires. Yep. breathing the air so I really recommend it because yeah it's expensive I'm sorry it cost me like 150 bucks every oh, time that's... I go yeah, to get yeah. an IV twice three times a week but I, I'm going to go down to one one chelation and one nutrient a week now I've had 10 so I figured I can slow it down a bit
5: and when did you start
3: I started about a month and a half ago. Yeah? And uh, I can't wait to get tested at the end and see that my lead has come way down.
5: Now, see, that would be amazing. See, that's one way to get you to live forever. (laughs) Well, it's
3: not that I want to live forever, but while I'm alive, I want to to be healthy. healthy,
4: And Mm -hmm. I
5: want to be
3: moving around. I want to be, you know, a viable human being. I don't want to be a person in a bed or... With diapers and
4: oh, sure. and
3: nasty looking just at TV all day.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, you know, what kind of life is that?
5: Well, that's the life of the average American teenager. No, I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> it's the life of a lot of Americans, you know, yeah, and they is, don't yeah. get
5: it. <laughs> it. Well, you know, I was just as guilty as anybody. It's only recently that I've really started to take an interest in, in my health. But, yeah, How old are you? Uh, 47.
3: Yeah, well, that's about the time you start.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Because <laughs> you begin to feel a
3: little more decrepit and you go, oh, God, yes. what's happening? I'm getting old.
5: Yeah, why does my knee hurt all the time? But, yeah. um... <laughs> and
3: arthritis, it's a yes. heavy metal problem. Is it really? Yes. All so of it's... that, all of the chronic illnesses are heavy metal component underneath it.
5: Really, I didn't even, yeah. never even and thought they, about
3: that. And the medical field doesn't want to talk about that. And go to a naturopath because naturopath doctors, mm-hmm. they're always asking, "Why do you have this?"
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So then they <laughs> test
3: you for all kinds of your, your, um, your heavy metals, your chemistry.
4: Your vitamin,
3: mineral levels, they test all that to see what is causing this disease.
5: See, that's really interesting because, you know, I, I keep thinking, you know, one of the things that I noticed in looking at <clears throat> pictures from, well, I mean, even pictures 60s, 70s, stuff like that, nobody was obese, really, back the Very nobody few people was,
3: were. Fucked up and sick like this. Nobody had cancer to this degree. Yeah. Nobody had Alzheimer's to this degree. Nobody had uh, ADHD or you know autism. Sick, but they didn't have autism.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: This is all yeah. poison. That we this country has been one of the biggest poisoners of of its population of any country.
5: Oh, without a doubt, I mean, we're
3: uh it has to stop,
5: yeah, really but does. the problem is the money, of course, so you know, oh,
3: it's a lot more expensive not to stop it in the long run,
5: yeah, you to pay a lot more <laughs> to keep well, that's true <laughs>
3: you pay uh, sure. the our our medical is outrageous.
4: Mm-hmm. what did
3: Europe do? They banned all that stuff. Yeah. They banned mm-hmm. GMO, they banned toxic stuff. They just banned it and they yeah. They try to become more green. What do we yeah. do? Look at what we're doing now. We're cutting down the EPA, we're cutting down all the regulations.
4: Mm-hmm. We're
3: polluting our rivers more. Our air has quality's gone down in the last two years like crazy.
4: Yeah,
5: the millennial generation, I mean if they if they live to be 70 it'll be a minor miracle. That's <laughs> right. Kind of thing. You know, considering that um it's really gone, I mean it it really is, you could draw, you know, you could see it on a graph if you look, you know, it's a straight line downhill. That's since, right. You know, since you were, you know, in your 20s, yep.
4: um
5: every well, the successive generations. Mine was bad. These guys are a lot worse, and who knows what happens after that.
3: <laughs> no, it's And it's only greed and stupidity.
5: Pretty much. Yeah. That's, it's, it's so we the can get
3: fatter now. and mm-hmm. more ill and disgusting as a nation. Look what well, we're it's... doing at our borders. I'm, I'm a very political person. I'm sorry, but... Oh me too. <laughs> you
5: might have noticed. You know, <laughs> I'm
3: a I, I'm a little afraid in mm-hmm. this Trump time that we will be a massive target. Yeah. Security risk is beyond the beyond.
5: Cool. Oh well I was just watching something about the blackout um that happened last week in New York City. Yeah. And um uh they there's some speculation that that was uh Russia turning off the power grid or infiltrating the power grid, I mean. Yeah. So, you know, and if that were the case, what's Trump gonna do about it? Probably applaud nothing. them. Yeah, no, he
3: loves Russia because they got him in power.
5: Yeah, pretty much.
3: You know, they bailed him out financially probably many well, times. Listen, many you know what I think? Mm. I think every Democrat should become a Republican and, and in the primary vote against Trump.
5: Oh, I like that.
3: <laughs> and every Democrat should then vote for any Democrat that gets the nomination.
5: Yes, I absolutely agree.
3: And then every Democrat should go to some black community mm-hmm. where they don't have cars and say to them, let me drive you to the polls, are you registered?
4: Yeah,
5: that's a great idea.
3: Because, especially down south, just go drive down south, go into a black community and say, get in the car, I'll take you to the polls.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Because they can't walk 80 miles to get to the nearest poll. That's what the gerrymandering has done.
5: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right.
3: And we win the election.
5: Yeah. I mean, I I keep talking to people who say that, um, you know, like, for example, I won't vote for Biden if he's on top of the ticket. I said, I don't care who's on the top of the ticket. That's I'm what I say. Folks.
3: <laughs> you yeah. idiot. You want Trump over Biden? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I say to them, listen, when I look at Biden, I don't think he's going to last four years in, in office. I think he's going to die.
5: Possibly but it, who he picks as his
3: vice president
4: will
5: is become key.
3: president. And I don't care which person on the ticket mm-hmm. is there. I will vote for them.
4: <laughs> Absolutely.
5: Oh, yeah, of
3: course. And he, just tell them how stupid they are. Oh, I guess you want Trump, you idiot. That's the way I it. <laughs> yeah, really.
5: <laughs> I have a, a meme that I, I saved to my phone because I liked it, and... Uh, you know, it's a picture of a guy saying, Man, you know, I won't vote for Kamala Harris. And another guy says, I won't b- vote for Biden. And the person says, I won't vote for Bernie. And then there's a picture of Trump saying, fine by me, because that's what he wants.
3: Right. I and vote. here's another one.
4: Mm.
3: Uh, this is how I see Trump. He's a blowfish. <laughs>
4: I like I think that. That's,
3: okay. That is a <laughs> great thing to put on the Internet. And if you know somebody with blowfish. thousands of people on their site.
4: Uh, tell him
3: to stay. They have to pick the right moment. Like, this weekend was great. Mm-hmm. There he goes again, acting like a blowfish. Yeah. I don't want to attack him personally. I just want to say, he's acting like a blowfish.
5: Yeah. He's acting like a blowfish.
3: And then you put a nice picture of a blowfish, which is poison. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: and I hope that somebody turns to him at the debate when they're debating him. Mm-hmm. And says that, oh, oh, Mr. President, don't act like a blowfish.
5: <laughs> Talk about something that would go viral after that. You
3: know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I really well, should be somebody's campaign manager.
4: You really should be,
3: <laughs> <laughs> or advisor, or just an advisor.
5: <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, the thing is to make him look silly. You know,
3: and yeah. If- I'm gonna. I decided I'm gonna become a Republican. I got to do that really quickly before they close.